The wait is over. FPL is finally back upon us. It's episode 98 of the surgery. It's time to operate. Okay, welcome back to episode 98 coming to you on the 7th of August 2018. We are two de- well, three days away from United taking on Leicester in the first Friday night fixture of the new Premier League season. Early tip for you there, make sure you get your transfers done before the Friday kickoff. First of all, though, welcome back, Iceman. It's our 98th episode. Can you believe it? Yeah, we've actually done over 100, though, because we've done a few bonus ones as well. But we'll keep that on the lo- the down low because we'll try and celebrate the actual 100th episode at some point. But yeah, we've been going strong, haven't we? we yeah, uh, yeah, it's awesome to be at this stage. And we are, we are planning something very special for episode 100. The only issue is I don't know what it is yet, and nor does the Iceman, but I'm <laughs> Pretty sure we're planning something special, oh, right? it's in the plan, yeah. yeah so, so much planning. Um, Iceman, so we are heading into the FPL season. I want to gauge your stress levels where you're at at the moment for selecting your team. Now, let me give you a scenario here. Let's say you're, you're a defender, you've passed the ball back to your keeper, and your stress levels I want you to rate based on how badly you think they're going to mess it up. So zero, let's say, would be uh, no stress at all. That's your Edison. At the other end, 10 out of 10 stress. That's your Caballero. He's going to muck it up and kick it in his own net. Where are you on that scale? Oh, so I've got to kind of pick a keeper that will be on that scale. Yeah, exactly. Where where are you falling? So um, I suppose if I'm a keeper, I think I'd be maybe Lloris right now. Yeah. Because at the best, he can be kind of very consistent and calm. Yeah. But I always feel like he's got an error in him that uh, could ruin yeah. everything. So I'm saying about a six on the scale, maybe, of, uh, of so stress. So you're, you're pretty confident in your selections, but you think there's a few errors there, maybe. Uh, there could be, yeah. And I'm a bit scared that there is. So it could just ruin my whole team if that's the case. Fair enough. Well, I would suggest that I'm at a uh, an, 8. Well, an 8 out of 10 uh, for stress. Uh, and I put myself in the Peter Check territory there. Because, yeah, occasionally he'll clear it, but usually not. The other thing is he's going to have Sergio Aguero uh, charging him down this Sunday, so that moves me to an (laughs) 8.5. But, yeah, nonetheless, great to be back in the game. We've got a great guest on, an absolute... uh, He's turning into a surgery legend for the uh, the amount of seasons he's joined us as contributions to the pod. Um, This is a real actor. This isn't David Luiz and Panto. This isn't Wicked starring Jose Mourinho. This isn't City Boys. It's Horse. Welcome back, sir. How, how? I mean, what an intro. Yeah. H- hello, guys. Well, it's it's great to be back. It's wonderful to be back. How are you? Nice to have you back, mate. Great to have you back on board. Hawks, give me a keeper rating for your stress levels. You've made the pass back. Are you feeling cold? Oh, blimey. It's going to deal with it, or are you feeling a bit quaky? Oh, mate, I'm at Joe Hart. <laughs> no, it's uh, basically because I, I also I also play fantasy American football, and 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 myself and and my rest of my league mates, we had our draft 
last Saturday. So uh, it was a question of cram up on that, get that out of the way. Now it's full on with the FPL. So I'm a little bit late to the party, uh, although the squad is coming on nicely, but I'm that classic one million short of my ideal squad. So got to do a little bit of tweaking here and there just to just to finesse it before Friday night. You say you're late to the party, but we've got um, uh, Pochettino still hasn't made a signing yet. So I think you're both in the same uh, same ballpark. Very much, yeah. What's going on with Spurs? It's it's uh, it's very odd, it's very very odd. But uh, well, I say we, well, we. But I mean, two days. I mean, a lot can happen in two days. And Spurs are famous for doing something very odd at the last minute on on transfer deadline day. And and we were saying it just before we we went live about how quiet the, the the big boys have been or the big or lots of the big six have been and yeah. i figure we've got a very interesting 48 hours coming up before everything gets finalized on on thursday yeah i agree with that i think there's lots of business still to be done chelsea link with a new keeper which we're going to try and pronounce as we get into the pod i'm gonna need about 10 minutes to uh, swat up on that one though horse how have you managed without fpl during the uh, the summer months um i've really enjoyed it it got very intense <laughs> It got very intense towards the end of last season. I, I won. I managed to scrape home in my my mini league by sort of single figure points, and um, it had been a fairly hectic end of end to the year. So I've actually sort of switched off. I sort of I didn't even fully indulge in the World Cup. I sort of dipped in and out, and obviously watched the England games. But uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I now feel totally recharged and re-energized. And I cannot wait for week one to get underway which i think is is the nice way to do it you just get away from the game and uh, you know keep 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 a watching brief on what's been going on as obviously as a as a west ham fan it's been a an incredible off season for from our perspective but um, but yeah it's it's i think it's really good to come back fresh and 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 literally ready to embrace FPL again because it's a 38 week slog isn't it and uh, it i know sometimes we get a bit jaded at certain points through the season so if if you start jaded you're in trouble but if you start if you start sort of ready to roll, that's the best way to be. Yeah, so it's a bit comparable to being a teacher. You've got that intense period of stress and then a couple of months off. And I thought everybody was going to say they were going to miss it when I've asked them on the pod. But so far, everyone said they're just really relieved to have had the summer break. Uh, so there we go. Uh, if anybody is my offset, it's the Iceman. I know he's wanting me to, to move on. So let's do that now. Uh, no to teachers. I respect your profession. No, it's much harder than FPL. Let's just be very clear about that. So, um as we have no game weeks to review at this point in our usual format, Iceman, we're going to move on to straight down to business and review the fixtures for the upcoming game week. Yeah, yeah, why not? I suppose we could mention our, our league quickly, just our pin. If you want yeah. to join our league this season, it's 225-369. So, yeah, yeah, come on in. Some prizes to be won at the end of the season. Absolutely. So, yeah, get involved, join and get the glory of being in the uh, Fancy Football Surgery Podcast Mini League. I'm going to kick us off, though, chaps. Let's get down to business. So the first game is on the Friday this week, which means, Iceman, everyone needs to have their transfers done by... 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Try and get the day off work if you can, or leave work early to get home and do your final tinkering. I'm sure that'll go down very well. Um, United versus Leicester, though. This is an interesting one. Jose's been moaning pretty much all summer and also tanking ticket sales on their USA tour. Horse, what are you thinking about United-Leicester? Anyone you like in this fixture? It's a really strange fixture, isn't it? I mean, because a couple of months ago, you just sort of relished this coming in. Um, with But with Mares moving away from Leicester, they've lost their sort of talismanic figure in midfield. Someone's got to step forward. I do, I do like the move they made for uh, Morrison 
uh, sorry, Madison, who came over from uh, yeah. Norwich. He's only 6.5, although there are a lot of guys, as we'll, we'll come across as we go through the other fixtures, set around that sort of price mark, which I would go for a little bit earlier um, before Madison settles in. I think he's got a little knock at the moment as well. Um, but someone is going to need to step up in that Leicester midfield to, to replace uh, the missing Mares up front's going to be interesting I think for the first couple of weeks if you if you're looking at an early punt um obviously Vardy late back yeah. from the World Cup had a little knock as well in the World Cup so he's not likely to be starting week one possibly week two Ian Acho has been on fire in pre-season and he's only at six so if you're looking for a little bit of um a cheap striker that that you you need an 11th guy because you've spent a lot of money elsewhere he might be quite handy in weeks one or two if you're potentially looking at an early wild card or something like that. He's someone you could could take a punt with. The rest of Leicester at the moment, um, to be honest, until Maguire comes back, no one really appeals in their defence. I've made a note here in terms of uh, it may have changed now with with Chelsea's interest in this other goalie tonight. But uh, two guys to sort of keep an eye on. One was Schmeichel if uh, he potentially moved on to Chelsea. And the other guy to look out for is Maguire because Man United are sort of circling like vultures and they've still got 48 hours to potentially pluck him from Leicester. And obviously, if he goes to United, he, he's expensive in the Leicester backfield. But suddenly, if he goes to United, he could be an absolute bargain. But that's one to keep an eye on. Really, is oh, just just to ask because they they've signed Johnny Evans, um, they've got Maguire. That's a solid centre half partnership. World class goalkeeper for me and Casper Schmeichel. Can you see if Leicester get on a little run of fixtures later on that are a bit kinder? Can you see there being value in their defence, or are they still? I, th- I think there could be. And in actual fact, I mean, it's not a bad first eight fixtures for them. I- I've seen teams with a lot worse than than, than Leicester are going to be rolling out. So they could be worth a punt. I mean, obviously, they've got Man United this weekend. But with the exception of Liverpool in week four, they've got quite a favourable run right the way through to week eight, which is, I think I'm right in saying, an international break where a lot of people who are hanging on to their wild card might be thinking of, of making moves then because a lot of the fixtures switch around about week eight. So... Leicester might be worth a punt. I just, I think early doors this game against United. If you're looking at week one, they're worth. The, but certainly, you know, if you get if you get good vibes about it and you can do an easy swap, then I'd certainly be on the lookout for Maguire. And as you say, Johnny Evans. Well, Johnny Evans is probably a little bit cheaper. I haven't actually double checked his price, but um, but yeah, potentially worth a look in this early run. But I just, I, there's something about them that that doesn't always inspire. That's the trouble. Iceman, do you want to uh, come in on Leicester? Yeah, just, I mean, you're saying about Maguire there. I, I'm not sure if he's going to start the season, but I suppose in the actual, at that six million mark, it's, it's quite tempting. He has scored in his last three preseason games. And with that cheap striker, which we didn't have last year, maybe he's one to look at. I'm not actually looking at Leicester at the moment. I think Pogiel kind of hasn't really straightened out the whole team altogether. They've had a great pre-season, but they are playing just mediocre teams. But at the moment, looking at the fixtures, I wouldn't go there yet. I think you kind of need to see how they get on. I mean, like, if Fardy scores against United uh, on Friday, you wouldn't be surprised, really. But their fixtures, for me, just just not really one to go for with United and Liverpool in the first four. And I feel like there's kind of better options with better fixtures for Leicester at the moment. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because United um, kind of haven't really inspired with their summer signings. They've got Fred, so I'm not sure how much that's going to shore up 
the uh, the midfield. De Gea obviously getting his 18 clean sheets last year, but I think with with Mourinho's pre-season antics, I think that defence is going to be a little bit in disarray. And I'd fancy if you go with Vardy, if he starts, I think he could get something here. I don't think there'll be a solid perhaps at the start of the season. So at this point, I'm not really looking because I don't know who United are going to start in defence either. They've got Baye, they've got Smalling, they've got Jones, Lindelof has had a bit of a look in pre-season. I'm struggling to put my cap on a defender other than Valencia at the moment. I think Baye is maybe someone that I might be looking at. If he's proven fit, I do think it, he will start. But yeah, like you said, there's, they've got Smalling, Jones, by there, and even Lindelof, so it's is tricky. I mean, Baye is definitely their best defender. I, I don't think they've got bad fixtures. Leicester, Brighton and Burnley in the first four, and they did have the best defence last season with the most clean sheets. And as mentioned last week, uh, if you go back and listen to last week's pod, they yeah. had no batterings whatsoever last season. It just shows, but everyone knows that about Jose. They are a defensive team with their attack. It's, you've not got many options there and if you're looking at just their pre-season and kind of even going over how they were towards last season they, they don't really score many goals uh, the most goals they've got pre-season in the five games that they played is two but I wouldn't say that any of their attack are actually options at the moment I was looking at Sanchez but that was when Rashford and Lukaku yeah. were completely out Rashford's played recently against Bayern Munich and they didn't get anything there so yeah, I'm just staying away from their attack altogether. It'd be interesting to see what happens if they signed Jerome Boateng as well, although given his recent performances, it doesn't inspire me. Um, just that I want to pick up on Alexis Sanchez there. He's 10.5 million. I think he will start the amount they're paying him on a weekly basis. Um, he's owned by 8.6% of managers at this point. Oh, he'll we- definitely start. It's just whether he'll start up top instead of out on the wing. So we know when he was at his best for Arsenal, he did his best work out on the left. I don't think we've quite seen the best of him at United yet. Do you think he could be worth a punt? We're still not quite sure how this City side is going to settle because 10.5 is a big outlay. He's in my team at the moment. Do you think that 10.5 could be more safely spent elsewhere? I've looked at stats with them in yeah. terms of he actually gets more shots on goal when he starts up front, but out on the left for United, he just yeah. seems to be the feeder of, yeah. of the play and doesn't get as many shots on goal. Horse, did you want to come in on this? Well, no, I, I mean, my gut feeling is he'll probably start up top, at least in week one and potentially week two. But like um, Iceman was saying, Man United's attack is is sort of fairly sort of dull and bland at the moment and you don't expect them piling piling scores on and when when you're looking at similarly priced players for Liverpool and City who we know are capable of of scoring bucket loads in a single game it just strikes me that he's I mean he's he's well priced for Alexis Sanchez when you've got Alexis Sanchez on form in a team that's cooking around him and all that sort of stuff but Man United, they, they just strike me that they're a club in complete disarray at the moment from the manager down. And I can see a number of players being rested early. So therefore, the um, there's going to be disruption in terms of what's going on. Um, I mean, Sanchez really is the only guy I'm looking at early doors. But I, I think there's just too many better options, cheaper and at the same, the price, same price bracket at the moment, from me anyway. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Um, I'm, I can't really look at anybody else who's nailed for United. I want to see Lukaku's form when he comes back. So unless you chaps have got anyone else to add, I think we can move on from this fixture. Yeah, yeah, move on. Let's do it. Let's get into Newcastle versus Spurs then, our, our Saturday fixtures. 
lots of discussion about Rafa Benitez's decision to. I was listening to this on Talk Sport, and Adrian Durham actually made a very good point. He swapped out Gale. He's got rid of Mitrovic, who was goals last season, and he's kept in his front line. Uh, well, he's brought in Rondon. He's got Muto, Muto from the. Is it Muto? I think it's Muto from the German League, who scored less than eight last year. And he's still got Hosselu. So not a particularly dynamic forward line. They've still got Perez there, I suppose. <laughs> Perez, yeah, so they weren't counting him as one of the front three. But yeah, absolutely. So in terms of Newcastle taking on Spurs, I'm not that confident of seeing goals for Newcastle here. Although Iosi Perez might be the one that if you wanted a differential in this fixture. Having said that, I think defensively Spurs will be too good. Um, thoughts on this one, Iceman? I just think that you shouldn't be looking at any in Newcastle at the moment until maybe like game week nine. Their fixtures are yeah. terrible up until then. And unless someone really emerges like Kennedy at five million, I, I, you just shouldn't be looking at them at all. There's, there's just too many better options elsewhere. So I've just not looked at any of their players. Just to, So they're a big wait and see for me. <laughs> Yeah. Or any love for Newcastle? Or in the same uh, position? To be honest, Jim's just said it, exactly what I've got here. I mean, I, I, you get the feeling they're going to be keeping things tight because, as you say, that that forward line looks anemic. So it's <laughs> going to be largely, largely towards the back end. I think if you're going to invest in Newcastle, that's where you want to be looking. Dubravka sadly is at five, so he's a little bit too expensive. There's, there's plenty of guys at four point five who who are in better rotations, so he's probably a no go. And as you say, their their fixtures bar Cardiff in week two are absolutely horrendous leading up to week eight so i think it's the sort of thing like you said if you're if you're planning a, a sort of a, a mid wild card round about week eight with that international break then there's certainly a team to look at then if kennedy if kennedy is coming into his own he's a fantastic enabler at just five million but yeah before that from my point of view same as Iceman, a, a void i would say so away from Newcastle. So the big question is the very thrifty Tottenham Hotspur this summer. We know that they've got bags of talent. I'd fancy Lucas Moura to feature a little bit more, given he wasn't at the World Cup and um, you've had the likes of Ali. Well, actually, to be fair, most of Spurs' starting lineup was at the World mm-hmm. Cup. So, so that's the question for me. How is that going to affect them come playing against Newcastle or is this still something a fiction and they're just going to cruise through? I do think it, they may struggle to get a team kind of together and playing well. I do think that, that Kane's... Can't get 11 players. It's like Sunday league. They struggle to get 11 players <laughs> No, as in like they, they need to gel quickly, don't they? All these players which yeah. have been out, either they he's just going to start them, Pochettino's going to start them, or the players which are backups will need to gel well with each other. Obviously, Tottenham, if they've got all their players playing together, they're a great team. Ericsson would be the one to, I would actually look at here because he could be the talisman of their team team uh, just dominating everything in terms of everything should go through him but I did hear pre-season he has been playing a little bit further back at times uh, so at 9.5 slight risk I mean like the the nailed on one here which I've been looking at is actually Davis at the back he seems to be playing centre back or left back whenever he's playing so he he is an option they haven't got bad fixtures to start with Newcastle away isn't the best fixture they've got Fulham after that but then they've got United then Watford so kind of stay away from me three of those are away games and then they've just got the the home game at Fulham you, you could maybe punt on Lucas Moura, like you said, uh, seven mil. Yeah. He's probably guaranteed to start with all those players being out. It, it would be a punt for the first four, maybe. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what happens in the next few days with Tottenham. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm keeping away. The big 
question as well. I think we touched on this last week, but Harry Kane in August. Iceman, I think you gave your views on this last week. Horse, let me just get a thought from you. <laughs> Harry struggles in August. Bit of a bland end to his World Cup, although he got the golden boot. Hang your hat on Harry yeah, it, for a bit. What do you think? I, I'm staying away for a bit. I mean, it, I got... I, I got convinced last year that this August thing was just a load of nonsense. So I got him in from week one and then instantly regretted it for the four weeks in August. Um, I, I get the feeling it might be the same again. Only the fact that he, as you say, he did look not so much worn out, but he looked injured, to be honest, towards yeah. the end of the World Cup. And he's only just come back into training two or three days. He's obviously not going to be fully match fit. It worries me if they try and roll him out there for week one. He may well play against Fulham in week two, of course, but... I'm I'm I, I'm going to very much take a wait and see. I think there's there are other guys up top, slightly cheaper and in that sort of price bracket, who I think have got far better fixtures over the first um, four, five, six weeks. So we can almost afford to wait on Kane. Although having said that, his ownership's up at thirty two percent. So if yeah. he does if if he does bang early, we could all be in trouble if we if we uh, if we don't go there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that um, risk of it. If someone, if someone catches yeah, but, it, gets a big, as goes big against Newcastle, we're all in trouble. Yeah, I, although I, I have a sneaky feeling. I think if Spurs can get out of the northeast with a one nil win, they'll be very happy this weekend. I don't think they'll be expecting much more than that. If they can get the three points, they'll be happy. The only guy. Uh, say echoing Iceman again the, the only guy I've really got my eye on for an opening week start is Davis yeah. I think with, with obviously the fact that Rose is available to go he may go in the next couple of days Davis would then be a, an absolute lock for that um, that sort of left back role uh, at least up until your wild card he's certainly worth a punt because you know three out of those first four fixtures you, you'd bank on them to have pretty good odds for clean sheets. So he's worth a look. And Mura, as you say, I think especially with the news that Lamella's injured again, certainly opens up the, the door for Mura early on. But again, if you have not Kane up front... It's, and Kane, before, is it? it's, just, it's just truth. Yeah. It, just it, 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 it's one of those things, if you haven't got Kane up front, then they're automatically blunted and, and do the midfielders have as much value if they haven't got Kane to aim at up top? That's the thing. So, so really, apart from Davis, for me, I think it's it's very much a wait and see. And again, things may change over the next 48 hours, but at the moment, it, it, their depth is very worrying. Yeah, let's, uh, let's see what happens with Spurs. Well, I think let's move on to uh, Bournemouth versus Cardiff. So we've got... Obviously, an established Bournemouth side now against um, Cardiff, who did really well to come up last season. Neil Warnock does it again, absolute master of promotion. Interesting one, this. I think um, I'm looking at Bournemouth's early fixtures. Obviously, they've got Cardiff, and then they play uh, West Ham and Everton. And really, the, the question we'll, we'll come to more about those latter two teams, but if they defend like they did last season, the latter two, then I think the likes of King and Wilson have um, some really good opportunities to get some early points. Here. And they're, they're pretty low priced as strikers go, as the Iceman said. We're always looking for that six, seven million pound striker. Oh, so let me come back to you first on this. Well, what are your thoughts on this fixture? Yeah, very much. I mean, King does seem to have established himself as the go-to guy up top during the preseason, which is very interesting because he had, obviously, after that amazing season a couple of years ago, he was a little bit banged up last year, uh, never really got going until the very end of the season. But he's he's been firing in preseason. So at the moment, he's in my squad at, at 6.5. He's, he's very reasonably priced this year, slightly cheaper than he was last year. I would certainly be avoiding their their defence, apart from possibly Begovic, because he rotates quite well and he's a 4.5 keeper. Their defence is a bit wobbly, and, and 
I don't think can be really trusted, but certainly up top. And um, again, they've made and they've broken their club transfer fee this afternoon, apparently for a midfielder whose name escapes me very briefly. But uh, but then I did read elsewhere that he'd racked up 18 yellow cards last season. So. <laughs> maybe not a great investment but um stanislas of course injured as usual so you know if you can find that little gem there they're all reasonably priced but with their early fixtures um i'm sort of throwing my my hat in the ring with king to be honest yeah i am also throwing my hat in the ring with king as well i think he's been playing well pre-season he got a couple of goals the other day they're not doing bad pre-season actually Bournemouth. in the last game they beat marseille 5-2 with king scoring two depends what you take from pre-season but um, they're always attacking Bournemouth and that, that seems to be the only thing they do I'm not touching the defence a lot of people are going for Daniels to start with I think you should stay away from him because they brought the new player at left back but I think the whole defence you should just stay away from and it's just if you're looking for someone it'll be King or Wilson and I think that Wilson might be one of these ones which is will be a hidden one King is the one who everyone is thinking of at the moment but Wilson might just be the hidden one who might just get some some goals and start the season well but other than that I can't really see anyone else it would be punting on someone and it would be a risk the only one that I would definitely go for who's injured is Stanislas but I can't go for him so no one else can <laughs> ball, yeah it's um, inevitable the Iceman selection of Stanislas um, I might actually run uh, run a book on how soon you know, which week Iceman gets him in it'll be soon um, but as soon as he's back I'll be looking at him but they've got great fixtures there haven't they Bournemouth I mean they've got Cardiff West Ham Everton in the th- first three uh-huh. so yeah. they're opening they're opening ten fixtures are pretty good to be honest so they're, they're a good early season bet for sure yeah yeah, that's okay, Chuck, talk, talk to me about Cardiff then. So, <laughs> due to the premiership, um, uh, I don't know what they, they, we know. They're going to set up shop pretty solid with Warnock in charge. I just don't know who I'd, I'd go for. I know Gunnarsson um, skippered them last season. I spent any thoughts on Cardiff? Not really. It would have been Gunnarsson at four point five. Is that option because you know he's going to play and. That's about it for me. I mean, I've looked at Reed up up top. He got a load of goals for Bristol last season. So he is one which I've kind of thought about, but it was very brief. 5.5, I just think he's probably a little bit overpriced, but he did get 19 goals, 7 assists, 55 shots in the box. So I did look at his stats just to see it. But again, you know, all of their players are going to be risked, like I mentioned last week. So yeah, just I'm staying away from all of them. The only one which I think that you could probably think about is uh, Peltier, 4 million in defence. So he he seems to be starting pre-season and he started a load of games last season. So maybe he might be another 4 million option because I think that's the only thing they're going to do this season is defend. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one with Cardiff, isn't it? Just where they knew. I think it, I'm pretty confident they're going to have some gem within their team that's going to emerge at some point. I just have no idea who it would be at the moment. Well, Sean, Mo- Sean Morrison at the back was was the guy who had the figures last year. But as you yeah. say, if they, they're going, I can't see them racking up goals this year. So his his role is going to be mostly defensive. And yeah. and at five million, there are so many better options yeah. at five million that, than a promoted team that haven't really invested. You've seen Fulham and Wolves have sort of disappeared into the distance in terms of the the investment they've made. You just get a feeling that Cardiff are going to be the whipping boys this year. They've got an awful first eight fixtures as well it's just it just screams avoid 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 to be honest yeah 
Um, just to apologise, I made a mistake. They're going to send captain Iceland, but um, it is Morrison who's the captain of of Cardiff. So uh, slightly inaccuracy for me there. So apologies for that. Um, I don't think we need to say too much more on on these two, do we? Should we move on to Fulham Palace? Yeah. Let's move on to Fulham Palace then. So um, Fulham again, new boys to the Premiership, like the business they've done. Um, obviously, they lost uh, one of their starlets to West Ham. But I love the addition of Mawson and Mitrovic, two solid signings there. Um, Mawson, a really good go-to differential option last season with some attacking threat. Um, Hawks, do you want to start us off on, on this one? Yeah, they're, they're an interesting side, aren't they? Um, as you say, they, they've made investments, which have been great. There's a couple of concerns as well. But interesting today, Callum Chambers has, has signed up on, on a year's loans for the back. And I think think I'm right in saying they partnered each other for the England under-21s um, last year. So they've played together. So once Mawson is back from his knee injury, that could they could form a, a very young uh, and sort of vibrant central pairing at the back. Going forward, I mean, it's very, I mean, you know, they've made all these signings, haven't they? Seri's in, Sherla's in. The slight concern is Sessignon still playing is it right back. He's, he's playing at the moment, which makes his 6.5 extremely expensive. But if they, uh, if they can fill that slot at the back and Sessignon can move further up the pitch, he's obviously a very, very exciting young player who could be well worth his, his 6.5. And Mitro, Mitrovic up top, I mean, you know, he performed well when he was with them last year. They've got him back again now. But again, 6.5 may be just a little bit pricey until we see quite how it plays out. And Kamara is a very useful bench fodder if you're looking to just spend 4.5 on a third forward. But yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see where where the points are coming from. But they are pretty solid top to bottom now with, with the investment they've made. Their, their schedule's a bit up and down. And apart from that, Kearney's also another guy to look at. I think he's their captain, yeah, isn't he? And yeah, also on captain. penalties, I believe. Which And the, the, the thing I was going to say, with the new rule, or not say the new rules, but it was fascinating watching in the World Cup the way they were really starting to take offence about all the pulling down and all that sort of stuff. I think penalty takers, and it's a generality now across the whole of FPL, you really need to be, be aware of who the team's penalty takers are. Because these, these guys, there could well be more penalties than usual. And if you've got your team's penalty takers, because and someone like Kearney at just five million could be very very handy as a fifth mid, um, just to have there if he's popping in penalties every so often. Yeah, I totally agree with that. He also had a bit of an injury ridden season last season. He had a knock every so often. Apparently, he only got the five goals, but at five million the, the year before he did get twelve goals. And so yeah, he he is a hopeful one. I do think the signing of Seri um, at five point five actually pushes Carney a little bit further forward. So five million, he is an option. I am considering bringing in. They have got pretty good fixtures going forward. They've got Palace first game, obviously Spurs second game, but then they've got Burnley and Brighton, so not bad on the first four. Mitrovic was one I was thinking about at 6.5. Last season, he did well for them, scoring 12 goals in the short loan period he was on. So he is one to think about. I just think that he's maybe one to leave and wait and see. Kearney would be the one I would go for here. I would stay away from the defence for now and just uh, more of seeing how that Mawson-Chambers partnership gets on. I'm, I'm glad that Chambers has gone there because he, he'll get some game yeah. time. But um, yeah, more of a wait and see on the defence. But Kearney would be the one for me. I would stay away from Sessignon because I just think uh, he's going to end up at left back and I don't think you'll get many attacking returns. Well, I spent, um, whilst we're talking, whilst you're talking, why don't you lead us off on Palace? And I'm presuming Wilfred Zaha is going to be the first name that you mentioned. Yeah. 
Palace, they've got a few to select from here, Palace, for me. And I, I feel like I'm going to end up with either definitely two, maybe even three. Zaha would be the one to go for. He's been playing well pre-season, getting a few goals here and there. Obviously, we know what he did last season in terms of the points he was scoring towards the end. He was classed as a midfielder. He's now classed as a striker. So that takes away that one point for goal scored and one point for a clean sheet if gotten. The problem is with him, I just think that he's more of kind of an assist and build-up play type player. Not really a goal scorer. It's very rare you've seen in the league um, him score a brace. In fact, I don't think he has scored a brace in the league. Don't quote me on that, but I don't think that that is true. I, I think the, the points will trickle in for them because he is the talisman. They've also got this uh, big cloud over him at the moment in terms of whether or not he's going to move away. He might be involved in some sort of deadline day transfer so I, I do want to stay away from it at the moment but there is something for me uh, with those fixtures that they've got because other than Liverpool second game all the way up to nine they've got not bad fixtures and it is quite tempting the man the man that I'm looking at is the bonus point magnet in Sacco he seems to get bonus no matter what if they keep a clean sheet. Uh, he's always involved. So he is the guy which I've had in my team since the start. I haven't removed him yet. He's he's 5 million, so you've got to pay that extra 4.5 in terms of over Tompkins, who you've got that goal threat from. But I just think that Sacco's going to get more points. And then you've got Wan Basaka, who's at 4 million, who we all kind of are seeing as the starter, a right back for Palace. And I think he's going to be a bargain at 4 mil. Nice summary. Yeah, horse. Anything to add on uh, on Palace? Well, of course, there's there's the the ultimate attacking defender in in PVA who just went nuts at the end of last season, yeah, and he's <laughs> and he, he's he's also been going well in preseason. He's 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 pretty much good for an assist a game at the moment. I think in their preseason, and he's he's always there or thereabouts on the edge of the box, and he's he's capable of racking up you know half a dozen goals a season, which is very very nice from from a defender. He is their most premium price defender at five point five. But I think with their early fixtures, he's the guy I'm looking at to invest in, actually, um, in that team as a whole. As, as you rightly said, that you've got choice. The nice thing about it is you've got choices with it, with their defence. If you want an offensive player, you've got PVA. If, you, if you're going for bonus points, Sacco's your guy. If you want price and that threat at, at set pieces, Tompkins is your guy. And, of course, um, Obi-Wan is the, the, the 4.0 guy who's you, – we all love a, a playing defender at, at 4 million. And uh, certainly Obi-Wan Bissaka seems to be the guy <laughs> who, who's, who's, who's filling that role at the moment. Zaha I'm keeping away from. I, I've got a sneaky feeling, A, he'll move. But if he doesn't move, he's, he's obviously unsettled. And you really want a guy who's fully invested in a team. Now, he may well be able to, you know, if he is staying at Palace, he may be able to sort of refocus and, and pour himself behind the team. But I, I, when a player's unsettled, they're unsettled. And that's never good for me. Although, if you want a guy who's going to get fouled in the box um, <laughs> and earn you assists that way, <laughs> yeah. Zaha's your boy because uh, Milivojevic is always going to score the penalties. But uh, but from his point of view, uh, Milivojevic, I think he's just too overpriced at six and a half. There are, there are, I think, better midfield options this year at that price bracket. Last year, he was, what, five and a half and he was a bargain, but just that little bit too much for him this year. But yeah, I, I, I like Palace, but I would look defensively at the moment see how see how they they play out defensively and if anyone starts to stand out up front i mean you know you never know maybe this is benteke's year to to suddenly discover that Why he is it? actually he is actually a center forward after all i mean we we all remember what that when he was with villa what was it three or four oh, years wow. ago now uh 
he was he was quite prolific so we know he can do it but it's he's just lost his mojo the last couple of years hasn't he yeah yeah, yeah i think that's a great shout let's uh, let's wait on on palace's attacking options unless you you're a lover of wilf saha i know um yeah there's a few that have been on the pod in the past and we, we know about the uh, the book of zaha from jno let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> let, let me just quickly uh, back up your Van Anholt shout because uh, I didn't mention him and yeah I, I really should have because he's got two goals pre-season and he's assisted twice as well so and he's also had a shout on um, on Twitter that he's actually created his own FPL league so you can actually join that if you join up to Twitter and follow him and he's even boasting on there that he's going to get a load of goals so yeah he's, I am actually thinking about this sucker and turn him in, into PVA <laughs> Nice. So, so sorry. So PVA's made his own league. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's made his own league, and yep. he's got he's going to have prizes at the end of the season as well. He's just trying to get a move, get people looking at his stats. That's all. <laughs> he's. I think he's the, he's this year's Ben Mendy, isn't he? On fa- on on yeah. Twitter, he's he's taken on the mantle and he's he's running with it. Well, Ben Mendy's got a bit of football to play this year, so <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we hope. Right, yeah. Let's move on to Huddersfield versus Chelsea. Huddersfield, I feel like. Now, Chelsea obviously didn't really inspire against City, and uh, that's really where the inspiration for uh, David Luiz and Panto came in, because he was run ragged by Aguero. Now, Huddersfield aren't going to have the same calibre of player, and I do think Chelsea are going to come through in this one, and Huddersfield could really be lambs to the slaughter here. Hawks, what do you think about Huddersfield in this one? Well, I, I, my, my notes are very brief on Huddersfield. I think they were... Fortunate to avoid relegation last year. I mean, uh, it, it was it was a great team spirit and everything like that that managed to keep them up. But I, I think this uh, they, they're set for a sophomore slump this year, and they've got to play good defence if they're going to stay up. And I, I just don't think they've got the quality in depth. Um, I'm just completely avoiding. I, I, I yeah. can't honestly see anyone that is worth investing in there whatsoever. I mean, you know, there, there's the usual suspects. But you don't really know who's going to be starting. You're not quite sure of the line. I mean, Pritchard at, at 5.0 in the midfield is is a possible punt, but they're all there are far better players at the price brackets that Huddersfield are available at. To be honest, so I'll, I certainly will be avoiding at least for the time being to see how things play out. You know. Yeah, fully agree. Fully agreed. No, there's no one from Huddersfield that you can even think about. There was no, all right, so lead us into Chelsea then. Oh yeah, well Chelsea pre-season they've been on and off, uh, only getting like a a goal a game. Pedro was the man that everyone was looking at and thought, oh, let's uh, bring him in because uh, Hazard and William not quite back. Hazard and William are back now, so then that kind of puts me off Pedro quite a lot because I know that he's going to have reduced minutes due to that. I think that he's going to start and he'll probably do well, but I'm kind of been put off by that now, and I just think that you've got a transfer in the waiting there, which I, I don't tend to want to do too much in my team so I'm actually veering away from him I was looking at, at Barkley before I'm um, seeing Chelsea play against City it doesn't put much hope in all of their team to be honest Morata not been having a great time not scored pre-season yet either so I'm actually veering away from all of the Chelsea team. I was on David Luiz for a little bit at 5.5 because he's a cheap way to get into that defence but even he's at risk. There's plenty of centre-backs there and Cahill, Christensen and, and Rudiger to actually take that. So uh, other than Alonso, not really anyone I'm considering there now, especially with Courtois, um, who seems to be leaving. They've got the new keeper, um, Kepa Arizablaga from Atletico. God knows if I said that right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Atletico Bilbao. 
Uh, oh, Atletico Bilbao, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so there's a bit of unrest with, uh, with things at the moment, especially how they played, but there could be a lot of hope. They're, they're another wait and see, I'm afraid. <laughs> that seems to be my go-to. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point with Chelsea, though. We know Jorginho is probably going to start. Um, I, I want to see that midfield, how it all links together uh, before I pick any Chelsea players. It, you always used to be able to at least bank on their back four or back three rather, but but now we just don't know how things are going to go. So, yeah, wait and see for me as well. And also Hazard could well be in Madrid in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, true. Horts, anything to add on Chelsea? No, I mean, you guys have summed it up. I mean, I, I've literally put how will they line up, question mark. I, I, I said uh, keep an eye, <laughs> literally have an eye on who is going to be their goalkeeper, thinking that it might be a Schmeichel, it might be a Pickford, it might be uh, Butland coming up from the championship. But by the looks of it, they've got their guy coming in from Europe. So, And, and the price that's being spoken about, 70-odd million, he's going to be coming in at 5.5, so you're not going to get a bargain there. Defensively, because they're changing their system again, it's potentially it neuters the, the value of Aspelacueta and Alonso. And yeah, they they just don't have the appeal that they've had in the in the previous couple of seasons. The the the, the youngster who stood out in preseason oh, is Hudson Adoy, who who appears to be very quick and very talented. But once the big boys are back, if they hang around, like as you're saying, Hazard. Because of the European transfer deadline having an extra couple of weeks to play, we may get beyond Thursday him still be a Chelsea player, but he still may go in the next couple of weeks. In that instance, someone like Hudson-Odoi could come into play at, at 4.5 million, which will be a bargain. But obviously, if the big boys stay, he's probably not going to get a lot of first-team playing time, I wouldn't have thought. So, yeah, at the moment, they are almost the ultimate watch-and-see team because we really haven't got a clue how they're going to how they're going to play or what formation they're going to finally get into so yeah nothing nothing greatly appealing there at the moment although one little guy who could be useful just the mere, the mere fact you said Morata hasn't done anything in pre-season worth worth noting obviously we've got a world cup winner coming back into their squad in Olivier Giroud at 8 million yeah. now if he supplants Morata up top um, he could be a very, very nice mid-priced um, bargain forward going forward who could um, allow you to spend the big money elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's a good, the, the point I was going to add to that, Horst, was um, be interesting to see what he does up front because he's got Abraham still, he's got Morata, he's got Giroud, and he's got Bashuai as well, who, of course, is brilliant for Dortmund mm. last year. So potentially, um, if they all play well, you've got the best front four or four of the best out-and-out strikers as a group in the league. But it's whether any of them can uh, settle down and start scoring. So, yeah. yeah it's he- very And it's very interesting because, I mean, looking at the, the official site now, Batshuayi and Abrahams aren't even listed. Yeah, just a quick note on hudson Adoy. He's He is 4.5. He's 4.5 for a reason. He may play the first game. You know, like you say, he's going to be displaced at some point and then he's got, not going to get any games. So if you're looking to actually have him in your game week one team, he is going to need to go pretty early and you don't want to waste a transfer on someone like that where... Whereas uh, you'll probably want to get rid of wild card, but the thing is, when you want to wild card, I think he's going to be out of the team before you actually want to wild card. So I wouldn't go there. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, promising preseason, but maybe not one to bank on for your FPL. So let's move on to another part of London: Watford versus Brighton. I have got to say, I'm not confident for these two this season. I, I actually fancy them to being quite a relegation scrap. And I can't really offer anyone from this picture that I fancy. Iceman, can you can you do better? 
Yeah, I think the one at uh, Watford, which we're looking at, is the transfer they've made this season in terms of Foster, uh, because he rotates quite well with Fabianski, and I've looked at the kind of rotation there, and it does actually bring home fixtures of uh, Brighton, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace and Wolves, so playing all those teams at home, you know, works quite well. They've got loads of defenders on their list, Watford, so who knows who's actually going to start in their defence, and you're just kind of hoping that it's going to be decent, but even if it's it's not uh, with Foster there. You're kind of hoping on save points as well. So he is the one that I'll be looking at. But other than that, I don't really see uh, many options at uh, Watford. Gray's done all right pre-season. But yeah, not not really anyone there for me. And uh, Hawks? I, I, well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously got the same thoughts then. I mean, they, as, you, as you say, they have a vast amount of defenders, probably more than anyone else in the league. So it's really, really hard to, to stick your pin in and, and work out who's actually going to start. I mean, Kiko Femenia was playing uh, more of a midfield wing role towards the end of last year, but we have no idea how that how this lineup's going to play out. Um, Delafeu's possibly interesting in the midfield at just 5.5, uh, but he's currently carrying a knock or, or lack of match fitness at the moment. So again, a little bit of wait and see on there. And as you mentioned, you know, Deeney and Gray both priced at six. If you're looking to save money elsewhere and you've only got a certain amount to spend on a forward, the first three fixtures aren't bad. So if you're looking at an early wild card, say a week four wild card or something like that, you might take a punt on a Gray or a Deeney. Um, but really and truly, I'm not going anywhere near Watford. No. And, and Hawks will stay on you for this. So Brighton, how about them? Yeah, well, it's a similar sort of thing. I mean, Brighton's early fixtures aren't great at all. They've, they've got an awful opening seven so i would avoid until week eight but then from week eight it really really opens up so our old favorites like duncan duffy and maybe ryan in goal uh, and and certainly gross in midfield at, at, at seven million will be worth looking at then but up until week eight again it's a question of avoid i think brian are going to be okay this year if they can weather this early storm watford i'm not as not as convinced about they 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 could be in for a wobbly season i think brighton are going to be okay they're going to be mid table around about that you know 12 13 14th position i think but um just early on from an fpl standpoint those fixtures just are not um not <laughs> not nice viewing you know scream stay away at the moment Okay, well, let's uh, let's move on then to um, another of the more exciting uh, promoted clubs. We've got Wolves against an Everton team who um, don't have a bad start to the season. Wolves have, uh, yeah, they've got, like I said, we've got Everton, then they've got Leicester, but then they've got City, and then Everton have got, I think, actually quite a nice run of fixtures. They've got this Wolves side, then Saints and Bournemouth. Iceman, what what do you think about Wolves coming into the league and anyone that they sort of present as an option? Well, like we said last week, the bookies seem to have them uh, quite high up in the uh, uh, finishing tables in terms of their finishing around 10th for Europa League spots. So they do have some players which are quite exciting uh, in terms of Jota. He seems to be the 6.5, which uh, may be the out-position striker here. So he may be the one to go for. Um, They also have Neves and Costa. Neves seems to be on penalties at 5 mil. A bit like Kearney, but I'd probably rather go Kearney there. And Costa seems to be uh, kind of a, a attacking mid, Helder Costa. They've just got Adama Traore, yeah. who's injured at the moment, but he was quite hopeful for Middlesbrough. So he may have to prove himself worthy of uh, starting over Yota Neves or Costa, etc. But I think he's one to watch. Um, I've looked at 
dirty uh, 4.5 you're not quite sure whether or not they're gonna be a good defensive team this year they were last year obviously that was in the championship they did get 24 clean sheets last year which is obviously very strong so they've just improved their goalkeeper in Rui Patricio at 4.5 he was in my team for a while um I just think maybe give him a little bit and maybe bring him on, on wild card because I just wanted a, a better rotation in terms of keepers. But yeah, he, he could be um, uh, set and forget. Um, Paul, so what do you think about Wolves? Yeah, there's some potential, uh, potential of some nice little bargains here. They, they of all the, t- I mean, in recent years of teams that have come up, these guys have got some serious investment behind them and uh, they've been built to stay up, not to survive. Yeah. They've been built to progress and and, and make waves. So um, I'm not as scared off from them as, as a promoted team as you would be with, with the likes of a Cardiff or someone like that. Uh, Yota's currently, is it Yota? Yota? Yota yeah. uh, is currently in my lineup at 6.5. I'm prepared to take the, the gamble on him. He had fantastic stats in the championship and I know that doesn't always relate to to fantastic Premier League stats but I'm I'm sort of throwing my lot in with him Neves is the interesting one because he scored those absolute screamers last year and so he's the guy who's on 14% ownership at the moment on name recognition because of those wonderful goals but I was um, watching an an interview with him on Sky this afternoon and apparently he only got four touches in the box all of last season. Wow. Now it was on. It was on Sky. I don't know how much credence you put on that, but that fact just leapt out at me. And so all of his goals, they were screamers for a reason. All the shots were from outside the box because he doesn't get in the box. So, which is really what you want for one of those guys to at least be getting involvement near the goal. So I'll be avoiding him, but but certainly Yota is in at the moment. And I think defensively, again, it's it's a question of let's see how they line up. I. I don't really follow the championship so i'm not familiar with a lot of these guys names and, and they obviously have made investment but certainly patricia at the back's interesting you know a recognized international goalkeeper who's only going to firm them up even more but they're going to be worth worth looking at and i think there's going to be some bargains here as the season goes on and I, i'm sure we will we'll all be increasing our investment in in wolves as the season goes on maybe not initially but but there's certainly a team to watch they they look very exciting one of the players was going. To, I'm going to keep my eye on this. So 5.5 million, but the, I think the player that brings us all together. They've got Jao Moutinho. They signed from Monaco, and um, he, he's been some player over the years for linking things up in midfield. Um, and I think you can see as long as they get someone to to finish off like Yota or their uh, their centre forwards, I think Moutinho could quietly end up being quite a good option at 5.5 million. We'll have to see how they settle in, but. He, like you're saying there, Horts, that team's been assembled to get in the top 10 or push for Europe in the first season. He's very much a sign of that. Mm, very much so, yeah. Okay. So, um, should we think about Everton then? Uh, Iceman, do you, have you got any, any thoughts on Everton? I know um, Stato last week made a good point about, or it might have been Mika, made a good point about having an Everton defender because their, their early fixtures, like I said, Saints and uh, Bournemouth after this one, if they have got their act together, could be a good defensive unit. Yeah, I think that their fixtures are probably one of the best uh, to start the season. And uh, obviously, a lot of people know about the Richardson move at 50 mil. He's got to kind of start. 
did see only Jack Wilshire and Eden Hazard was fouled more than him last season. So potential for, for penalties there. And then, then you're looking at maybe is Leighton Baines going to suddenly become an option? I wouldn't necessarily go to it myself because they've just signed a, a left back in Digny. Is that, his, is that his name? Yeah. Um, no, I'll probably go Coleman out of the defenders there because remember back in the day when he was priced highly, there's a reason why is because he gets forward, he attacks, he can score and he's likely to assist. So he's actually currently in my team, Coleman. Richarlson is also in my team. I think that he's a bit of a bargain at uh, 6.5 and I think he's going to be one of these players which do start the season well, obviously with the fixtures as well. With Sigurdsson behind him, I think that he will create a lot for Richarlson because he'll probably play off the uh, the main striker in Tosin. I did have Tosin in my team for a while I moved him out yeah. just having more confidence in say like King Guerrero obviously um, but it is Richarlson who I've got probably the most hope for he started the season really well under Silver last season obviously tailed off towards the end and then Silver left so he was always in there for penalty area touches as well he was, so, right, uh, he was right up there and he was quite good for stats uh, but he just he never could really finish so that's the question mark about Richardson is that his finishing ability was just it just tailed off but I'm hoping with Silverback he uh, it seems to be Richardson's manager who he plays for so hopefully he will be renewed and start the season well yeah yeah horse what do you think about Everton well yeah they're the ultimate enigma aren't they really Everton they're they They've got great fixtures, and I think we were all sort of thinking, oh, maybe three Everton players. But their their preseason, apart from that twenty two goal mauling of that sort of <laughs> farmers team or whatever it was they played, has, has been pretty grim. And and it their defence uh, oh, has terrible, has has looked really wobbly. I I had Coleman in until a few days ago, and I, I've stuck Davis in now instead of him. And 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 it just. Even though the fixtures are great, that I'm just lacking um, inspiration now when it comes to defence. But Coleman would certainly be the guy I would go for, given the choice. Although if Jaggy Elk is going to get playing time, he's a whole million cheaper. So he's and he's often been a threat around the goal in the past as well himself. So he used, to, he used to be like Sacco, the absolute magnet for bonus points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So certainly, certainly worth a look at. Their, their mids are very competitively priced. I mean, you, you've obviously waxed lyrical about Richarlison. He's also in my side at the moment. I had him during that heady period at Watford at the beginning of last year and know what he's capable of. And obviously reunited with with his manager from from those days. We're all hoping that he's going to reproduce that form. But um, I like Siggy at seven and a half. If you can afford him, he's going to be on set piece duty, one assumes. Um, don't know who's going to be on penalties, but then Siggy used to be on penalties when he was at Swansea. So... He may be, he may well be taking up that mantle. Walcott was interesting, but I'm I'm fascinated by the rumours that that Bernard is is going yes. to Everton now because he's been he's been going here, he's been going there. He was going to West Ham a couple of days ago, but now it looks as though Everton have got there, or unless Chelsea put in a last minute bid. So that's going to shake up the midfield a little bit as well. So it'll be very interesting if he goes there. A what price he's at, and, and B where he slots in, and whose nose he's going to put out a joint when he gets there. Um, obviously, Tosin up front is is handy if if you if you're looking for someone who's got great fixtures. Although, of course, he's in that same price bracket with Arnie and Zaha and King, uh, and you may feel you've you've got a little bit more credibility with those guys. But Tosin could be one of those very handy little differentials, to be honest. So um, they're they're interesting, and I think the fixtures obviously make them appealing. Uh, and if they'd had a better pre-season, I'd be more inclined to, to 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 lean on them. But 
just a little bit wary of them. Yeah, I was just looking at the preseason. Eleven goals conceded in the last four preseasons. So, yeah, not looking too good defensively. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, Wal- Everton have got a collection of like FPL legends and Sigurdsson, Walcott, Jagiel, the fullbacks. Um, if they all click, it could be great. But it's just playing together. Let's move on to Liverpool versus West Ham. Now, Liverpool have looked. Um, there were some side towards the end of last season, and pre-season has looked no different. They have been on fire. Horse, do you want to speak a bit about Liverpool? Oh, if only we could have more than three players from one team, eh? Uh, I mean, they look they look absolutely incredible. Um, and you can invest equally in the defence or in the attack. There, there's there's value all over the pitch. I think Allison could be fantastic at five point five. The new goalkeeper. Great chance of him even being the top goalie in the game. And obviously you save 0.5 from De Gea. So he's worth an investment. But do you want to put the investment out on the pitch? I think Robertson and VVD, at both at six, look pretty much locked in. Um, Alexander-Arnold is is only at five. So you save a million. But again, Klein is, is back in the mix this year after injury. So maybe there's a bit of rotation there. Um, and of course, when you move up to the up to the forward, Salah really just for your own protection is almost a must have. If you haven't got him and he bangs early, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, Mane is in mid-season form at 9.5. And then Firmino tonight goes and scores and gets an assist. So whereas there was wavering about would he start in week one, he, it looks very promising that he's going to be in that week one lineup. And again, at 9.5, saves you a million and a half on Aubameyang and Aguero. And, and um, obviously he's a, he's a great prospect there. From the rest, of, I mean, again, there's, there's there's other guys you could dip in and out of, but I mean, just that lot alone, you, you're going to fill your boots. One guy you might be worth looking, uh, keeping an eye on if he moves um, is uh, is uh, Ings up top because there's been rumours that he may be sort of heading elsewhere. So if Danny Ings in, ends up at Crystal Palace or somewhere like that, he could have value and he's only five and a half million. But while he stays at Liverpool, he's not going to get any ahead of those other guys. So over to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jim, have you got anything to add to that about Liverpool? Uh, yeah, I just mostly agree. I think you definitely need three Liverpool players. I, I've got three myself. I've got Robertson, Salah and Mane in my team at the moment. I've seen that Alexander-Arnold has started tonight. So whether or not he will play the first game is might be a hopeful one. So he's obviously um, a million less than Robertson. The uh, problem is there, Robertson actually averaged five points per game last season. And that was equal to Jones and Alonso. So so yeah, I kind of want to stick with him. And yeah, I do agree. Allison uh, value at 5.5. I do think the value is in defence. I just think that you're going to need three of these players because they just look like they're going to have the season of their life. And I think they were kind of almost close to Man City last season. And uh, I think they'll probably match them this season in terms of attacking threat. Yeah, I haven't got too much more to add. I think the three I've gone for is Allison, Robertson and Salah. Love Robertson's attacking threat at the end of last season. I reckon he'll carry that on, having rested for the summer. Um, Hawks, your beloved West Ham, what a start for them away at Anfield. Great business <laughs> across the summer months. Anyone that you would shout from them? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, there's an awful nine opening fixtures. I we've obviously got so many new signings have come in. I get a feel. I mean, we had the work, we, we conceded more goals than anyone else in the league last year. Um, that's going to change this year, but it's going to take time to settle. And with those awful first nine fixtures, it gives you time to have a look. I think Fabianski is probably worth a punt early on because he used to get big scores through saves 
chances are he's he's going to get plenty of those in the first nine weeks i'm very interested in the new arrivals diop uh, and balbuena who's been an absolute ox in in pre-season both priced at 4.5 uh, along with ogbonna so those three central defenders are going to be i think very good value once we get beyond that that awful first few fixtures um fredericks as well down the wing obviously we brought him from fulham although he's a little bit more expensive at, at fives the midfielders, again, I think it's worth having a look, see how they settle. Uh, we've got the, the record signing Anderson. Yarmolenko is looking very attacking as well. Uh, and also Antonio looks like he's going to be hanging around where there were rumours he was off to Palace. Looks like he's going to be staying put and he could well be contributing as well. But the one guy I think you, you really need to look at who is, if anyone on this team is fixture proof, I would say it's uh, Arnautovic. Um, the others I would take a watching brief, keep an eye on what they're doing. But, but Arnie, at the moment he's in my team, um, I think he can score pretty much against anybody. He's been in prolific form in pre-season. I see no reason not to invest um, from the outset, to be honest. <laughs> you've, uh, you've wrapped it all up nicely there. Well done. I'll just just quickly add there. I mean, just from sheer talent alone, West Ham might be one of the most talented team not in the top six. And I think that uh, Jack Wilshere, he's just moved there. Obviously, I think that he will play a bit further forward. I heard an interview that he plays further forward than Noble. I think he might be playing this Lanzini role, so he might be a little gem in the waiting as long as he can stay fit. But uh, maybe wait until he actually proves that first. Yeah, uh, good luck to Jack on his move following his time with Arsenal. Yeah, lots to be said there, but I think um, West Ham potentially, if they gel, could be very good next season. Uh, but it'll be difficult for them to overcome Liverpool. Let's go to Saints Burnley, Iceman. You want to lead us off on that one? Yeah, can do. So, I mean, with Burnley, I'm kind of staying away from all of their team at the moment because they are in the Europa League. So, rotation will come into play with Burnley now, I feel. So, this makes me worry about any of their players, even the likes of Chris Wood up top, who was a hopeful one to start with at 6.5. But, yeah, just they, they have got good fixtures, which is tempting, but uh, it's just too much of a risk for me. So, yeah, not really, not really any of them. None. Okay, Hawks? Yeah, well, I expect their defence to be solid again. Um, and that's the way Deitch sets them up. And uh, interesting new signing, um, uh, Ben Gibson has come across. He's he's priced at five, which is the same price as, as most of their starting defensemen. But I think he's he was very good in his previous stint. Uh, was it Middlesbrough, wasn't it, when he was he was in the Premiership before? And um, I think he's worth, a, because there's going to be a little bit of rotation, he may find himself a slot in the middle of that defence and, and could be very valuable. Um, similarly, I like Chris Wood up top at six and a half, but he's carrying a knock, and this is always the problem with him, or at least it was last year. He, he looked good, but then he got these little niggles and, and injuries, and that's why I think um, yeah, Josh King now goes ahead of him in that six and a half million bracket. But certainly once he's clear of his injury, he's certainly a guy worth looking at. And of course, they've got Joe Hart now as third string uh, with the injuries to Pope and Heaton. Um, Hart could end up being their their opening week goalkeeper at, at four and a half million. So, I, I mean, it's hard to have a lot of faith in him, but you might like the rotation with with another keeper. So possibly worth having a look at. Uh, moving over to Southampton, I mean, they've got a so-so start. They've not looked good in pre-season. Defensively, potentially, the new guy, Vestergaard, might be quite handy at five. Um, Bertrand and Cedric at five and four and a half, respectively, can also do a little bit of damage going down the wings. But but I'm avoiding Southampton early doors. Austin, again, is reasonably priced at six. But there's always the question, can he stay fit? And he's he's, ne- he's not managed to 
the last few seasons. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'll be avoiding them at the moment. Actually, I do have Austin. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I did have Austin in my team for quite a while. I removed him now, but he was one of these players which I kind of do want just regarding those fixtures. And uh, his points per game have always been really good and his shots per game. He always seems to get loads of shots no matter what. So he is still kind of on my radar. I'm not sure whether I'm going to go there because Southampton disappointed last season at the start of last season. Uh, they had good fixtures then and every player that he had then just Kind of wasn't good enough. The probably two players which I'm probably looking at is uh, Cedric at 4.5. Whether or not he will start the first game is a big question mark over that. He could well do, so it could be a bit of a bargain at 4.5. But uh, the other one would be Bertrand, 5 million though. Uh, he's just a bit, bit more attacking and uh, is on corners, so a little bit of hope from that. Otherwise, not really anyone else from there. Okay, yeah, no, no one to add from me. Um, which takes us to our final game, chaps. We've got Arsenal versus City. Huge opening game, fi- opening week uh, fixture. The last one on the Super Sunday. As an Arsenal fan, I'd have hope. If I was a neutral, I'd be thinking lovely, jubbly City here. I stand as a devoted Arsenal man who has a love for the club. How do you see this going? Well, I think there could be loads of goals in this game, particularly, actually. But Arsenal as a team, great fixtures after game week two. So I think that a lot of people will be wanting to bring in Arsenal players. And I think the first two game weeks will actually show that. Mkhitaryan is this 7 million option which people are going for. But I think game time is a slight worry there. But he could be a real bargain there. Ozil, I feel like this could be his season. I looked at his stats and uh, 3.2 chances created per game and uh, only KDB had more expected goals assisted last season. And with goal scorers like Aubameyang, <laughs> bless you, with goal scorers like Aubameyang and Lacazette, I, I think that there will be a lot of assists for him. You're looking at Aubameyang, he seems to be this 11 mil striker which people are looking at. Nobody in the Premier League was better than Aubameyang at taking a great shots so I looked at it in terms of uh, XG he was on 0.24 per shot in terms of XG and that's the best out of any any striker who's played over 600 minutes Um, also He's playing in front of Ozil, so I just think he's going to get loads of chances for him. Uh, There is a lot of hope around Arsenal. It's just in defence. I feel like it's probably a bit of a mess, to be honest. Last season, they actually gave up 11.55 shots per 90, which is the sixth most in the league, which isn't, which isn't bad, but, uh, we were actually second for counter-attack shots conceded. We, we've brought in some new players, so that could work a little bit better, bringing in the likes of Socrates and Lichsteiner. Uh, but Socrates, he could be one for the bonus. I think he's probably the best centre-back at Arsenal and at five million, you know, if you, if you think differently from me, uh, he could be an option to go for. Other than that, it will be waiting for um, game week three to come around before I actually bring them in. Yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I, I, mean, I bow down to your your greater knowledge of Arsenal than me. I, I, I just made that note, bad opening two fixtures gives us time to assess the defence. And, and I think that's exactly what you said. Um, I'm not investing early, but from the, the fixtures from game week three onwards look very, very tasty. I think the one guy on the team who does appear fixture proof is Aubameyang. He's on penalties as well, we think, which again makes him more valuable than, than Lacazette. Although I like the, the idea of Lacazette playing up top during the pre-season, but 
I'm just not convinced about um, whether he'll end up back on the bench and Aubameyang gets shifted up top. I don't think Aubameyang's leaving the field anytime soon. Um, Ertzil and, and Mkhitaryan looks interesting at, at, at seven, but um, I, I, I would tend, I'm, I'm avoiding at the moment, but I can make an easy move on to Aubameyang for week three if I need to, because he looks as though he could be very, very tasty, I think, this season. Yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on. The question is whether he'll be worth um, worth it for the extra money over Lacazette. Yeah, I do, yeah. I do think the, the goals will be spread and the points will be spread between those two, but he has got some good numbers behind him about me. Right, chaps, let, let's get into City because that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one we've been waiting for. Um, seeing Aguero in that uh, charity shield over the weekend rip David Luiz apart was a delight. Um to the point at which he's actually now in my team and I'm confident he's going to be Pep's main man this season. Although some might argue about rotation with Jesus. Huh. Hawks, as the guest, what do you think about City? Well, it's it's the usual suspects, isn't it? I mean, uh, as we were saying uh, before we started, they, they've not lost anyone and they've added Mares. So it's it's as you were pretty much from last year, except the rotation's going to get even worse, one assumes. They've got a great opening seven fixtures, you know, obviously bar Arsenal, which is going to be interesting in game in game week one. But from weeks two to seven, they've, they've probably got the best fixtures in the league. So you, you, you want three, and it's a question of where the three come from. I mean, Edison is locked in, and obviously, as the goalkeeper, so he's your best bet to avoid any rotation at the back. If you're prepared to take the gamble, Mendy, I would say, looks your best option there if you can afford the six million. He's certainly in my squad at the moment um, and, and looking very, very good. KDB, I've got, I'm going to have coming in when he's, you know, when he's back and he's in, he's, he's back in, in form and back in the side, obviously, after he's over the World Cup. But at the moment, Mares is sitting there in my team because I think he's going to get some very nice early chances to establish himself. He's obviously now Man City's record signing. He's going to be given every chance, I think, over the first two or three weeks, most certainly to establish himself in that midfield. So he's the guy I'm hanging my hat on. Although a lot of people are leaning towards Bernardo Silva after his performances uh, in pre-season and in the Charity Shield. And he's potentially a a very good punt because you're obviously going to save some money but you don't necessarily have the clarity of, of uh, strength of starts with him. So it is a little bit of a, uh, of a gamble. Aguero firing on all cylinders. He's, he looks to be back to the, the must-have form of, of previous years, certainly until Jesus is back fully. And the thing is, if we start to notice a rotation round about week three or four, we can always shift over to Aubameyang with equally good fixtures if that appears to be the case. But I think at the moment you'll find, I would have thought most people leaning towards Sergio, I would have thought at the moment. It's, uh, I, I'm certainly looking that way. I've just got to find that extra million to slot him into the team. But that will be done That will be done by Friday evening, I can assure you. So. <laughs> well, you know, so. Iceman, do you want to talk about City? Uh, yeah, just to back up the uh, Bernardo Silva thing, I think Guardiola has quoted here, everyone knows the wingers want to compete. Right now it's Bernardo and 10 players more. So shows that he will be starting game week one, whether or not he will keep that place because 
Guardiola did also put uh, that definitely he can challenge De Bruyne and Silva in that position. So looks to be probably some rotation with David Silva as well. But for me, Man City, the best attack with, with Liverpool, it's got to be three City. Uh, I'm currently on Aguero, Mendy and uh, Mares. Mares, there is a element of risk about it in terms of you know, he is new to the team. I just think that the way he's been playing the last couple of seasons, Mares, he's been playing in not as good a team as City. So I feel like the assists and goals are going to, going to be coming for him. I just think he needs to get a few games in him. And I think if you don't have City players after the Arsenal fixture, they've just got the best fixtures possible. I just think there's going to be goals all over the place. Point on Edison, just be mindful that his wife is due. So <laughs> not sure when that is. I think it's in the next four to ten weeks, someone put on Twitter. So potentially could miss a game. So if you're if you're going for Edison and then uh, just a backup who, who doesn't play, have that in mind that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm going for a 4.5 rotation as well uh, but yeah I've got Mendy uh, he looks the hopeful one here registered eight assists in 25 league matches and seven Champions League appearances prior to signing for City because obviously he went through uh, last season injured and uh, after he came back after game week 34 he averaged out a key pass every 40.1 minutes and the next best in the City defence is Walker at every 92.9 minutes so shows that when he is playing he is in and amongst it and I think he's going to be a great attacking option also Man City conceded the fewest goals last season nice that was an absolute uh, masterclass in statistics there Ice Man <laughs> just trying to worm him out as quickly as possible because we all know we've overrun here by a long way <laughs> Right, okay. Well, in that case, it's the end of the fixtures, Iceman. But go to the more exciting part of the podcast. It's the time for the Iceman's Piss. Ladies and gentlemen, it may only be the preseason, but he's in mid-season form. Yes, indeed. Back from his piss. It's the Iceman. <laughs> oh, I, I love it every single time. Beautiful. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great wrestling intro. Right. Um, so we'll do a quick sum up and then come to our captain's chap. So whilst I'm doing this, be thinking about your skipper. So United versus Leicester, we back to Iheanacho and to keep our eye on Casper Schmeichel. For United, we're a bit undecided at this point in time. Newcastle versus Spurs, Kane is question mark. Mora could be a good differential and Davis looks on, 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 on to start. Bournemouth versus Cardiff, we talk mainly about King and Wilson as the attacking options. Fulham versus Palace, well from a Fulham perspective, Sherlin Mitrovic, uh, possibly Sessignon could be cheaper options. The Palace Zaha's the, uh, the one everyone's going for, but keep your eye on Sacco for bonus points, Patrick Van Arnholt for attacking bonus, and Juan Bissaka uh, as a cheap option at the back. Huddersfield versus Chelsea. No one really from this pick fixture. Originally it was Hazard and Pedro, but we don't know about Hazard's future and Pedro's form, so we're kind of steering clear. Watford versus Brighton. Foster was the only name that came out of this one. Wolves versus Everton. Neves and Yotta look good for Wolves. Everton... Defensive option across the board could be fairly decent, as well as a Richarlison. 
Liverpool versus West Ham or Liverpool is your usual three up top plus Allison uh, or a defender as a third player. Uh, for West Ham, we think Arnie is fairly fixture proof. We'll be looking at them from game week two. Saints versus Burnley, uh, looking at the likes of Bertrand and Cedric, so the usual attacking fullbacks for Saints. Um, Hart is now Burnley's goalkeeper, whilst the other two are knackered. And there's question marks over Austin, uh, which the Ice is more backing. Arsenal versus City, Aubameyang looked really good at the end of last season. We, we fancy him to carry on that form. Although, if you want to save a bit of money, Lacazette. Moving forward beyond the City game, Mkhitaryan is cheap and Socrates could be uh, a good choice. And then for City, usual suspects, uh, Mendy, KDB, Bernardo Silva, but Aguero is the main man. Nice sum up, Paul. Lovely. Right, captains, chaps. Um, I'm going to go for a predictable Mohamed Salah captaincy. Horts? Yeah, same again. I think, it, you know, I, as a West Ham fan, I, I hope we shut him out, but... He's got to be your captain. The ownership is astronomical. I think he's over 50% now. If you don't captain him, you could stand to lose ground. So it's just, it's it's safety first. Nice man. Yeah, full house. It's got to be Salah for me. Okay, well, that seems uh, fairly unanimous. Let's go with Salah. And let's move on to some, let's take a few of the main Twitter questions, Iceman. What have we got? Yeah, so we did have a load of Twitter questions. So again, we have gone way over. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to answer them all. I'm just going to go a quick one here. Adi Yakov, he's a member of our Slack channel and a pa- one of our patrons. Uh, so thank you for your support, Adi. So he has put, is the elevator music essential in your opinion and why? Absolutely. I mean, you can time your own piss to it, can't you? I mean, that's that's the whole point, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, you feel the nail on the head there. What's I mean, the, the surgery podcast would not be the surgery podcast without the Iceman's piss, and the elevator music is a vital part <laughs> of, that, of that item, shall yeah, we say. Bully, any comments on that one? Yeah, it's my, it's my favourite part of the pod, the elevator music. It's a break from... Uh, the Iceman stats and my uh, my ramblings. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, fully agree, fully agree. Got the guys at uh, FF247 who put an article of our pod last week, so thank you for thank that, you guys. They've got a question for us. So they've put, after weeks of planning and carefully constructing your team, what could happen in game week one that would cause you to panic and potentially move, uh, and potentially take a big hit or even play your wild card before game week two? Horts, what's your well, thoughts on this? Horse well, thoughts. can can you imagine? Can you imagine the fallout if Mo Salah got injured badly in week one? We'd all suddenly have thirteen million to disperse amongst our teams, and uh, you could see a lot of quick reorganisation going on. I think that would be the big one to me. If if Mo Salah got injured, we'd have meltdown. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I think if uh, maybe Aguero got injured, we'd just kind of move to Aubameyang or something like it's that. A str- it's a straight move, around. but yeah, but Salah's a different kettle of fish entirely. Yeah, because yeah, you're releasing, say, if you're going down to a Hazard or someone like that, you're releasing at least three million, so you would want to spread it. So yeah, I agree with that. Billy, any thoughts? Um, same logic, but uh, for Kane, if he's got 36% ownership, then he will be the biggest dent in a lot of people's uh, teams. Yeah, I do think that if Kane does come in and scores like a hat-trick or something, then that is really going to shake up a lot of people's teams. Mm-hmm. So that could be, yeah, could be another one there. Um, we've also got another one here from, uh, Mito21, the legend Mito21. He's put, uh, what unpopular irrational FPL opinion do you have that you avoid sharing? Now, don't laugh. For example, I think Kante will score well enough to be a fourth mid type on FPL teams. Bully issue mm. on this one. 
irrational football. Uh, well, probably that I think Sanchez is worth having at 10.5 in the first week. <laughs> I've been very public about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's slightly irrational considering he'll be playing out on the left, but he could start up front. Yeah, you never know. Any, anything from you, Hortz? Well, I mean, I can tell you what your one is, and that's the thought that Stanislas can stay healthy for more than three weeks. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is my thought. Yeah, <laughs> he could. You you don't know. <laughs> I think we do. I yeah. think we do. <laughs> Any on your side? I don't know. I mean, I've just got this irrational hope that West Ham will provide decent FPL assets. Maybe that's it. Uh, I reckon this season could be your season. It, it could be. So, well, certainly the latter half. I think the latter half, uh, when they've had time, time to, to sort of gel and bond as a new unit, it could be very interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about ir- irrationals. I mean, at the moment, I'm, I've got this heavy backfield. I've got four four big hitting defensemen, uh, three at six million and one at 5.5. And I'm sort of, I'm desperately clinging on to hanging on to that at the moment. I just got a feeling that's going to be the way to go early doors. But uh, that may be proved complete fallacy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we will see. Okay. Moving on. Uh, so we've got a couple here from a couple of guys, Hogsrod and Mark uh, at Aimbison has put Aubameyang or Aguero or is both viable with Salah? So, and Hogsrod comes the same thing. Do we get them all or leave one out? So, uh, I only have Salah and Aguero. What about you guys? I mean, if you can get all three in and still have a balanced team, <laughs> well done. Yeah, um, it's all about balancing the team, isn't it? It really is. It really, I mean, it would be great to have all three. I'm sure we'd all have all three if we could afford it. I'm the same as you at the moment. I, I, I'm on Salah and Aguero uh, with the potential move to Obama Yang from Aguero if, if um, Jesus starts to get in the way. They would be my two for the first couple of weeks and then see how it goes. But I'd love to have Obama Yang in there as well. Yeah, I think uh, you need to kind of remain flexible if things happen. If you do have too much money all in one place, you've got nowhere to go. So for example, if you've got Aubameyang and Aguero, who, who do you switch to? I suppose it's Lacazette. And then you'd have to distribute the money. It's, it's looking at your team and being more flexible with the rest of it because if you see an option coming out of midfield, like a, another good 6.5, you want to be able to hit them. Probably what are your thoughts on those players? Yeah, I, I think too. Is in the first week having Aguero and Aubameyang, I don't think that's necessary. I would say two of them with the money distributed until we see how the cards settle, uh, potentially before the wild card. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, we'll we'll go on here because FPL doctor asked uh, a load of questions, so we'll just go here. Best six point five mids. Uh, well, at the moment, I've got Yotta and Richarlison sitting in my team. So that that's my answer to you at the moment, although there are plenty of options in that price bracket. Well, he's put R- Richarlison or Yotta. <laughs> so which have one? them both. Yeah, Best of both worlds, have them both. <laughs> well, I've got I mean, Richarlison. Yotta's more of a risk for me. Yeah, Yotta's more of a risk. Yeah, so I would say if I had to choose between the two purely on the what we know he can do and the pedigree of the team around him and fixtures... Uh, Richarlison out of those two for the first few weeks of the season at least yeah I agree Billy yeah Richarlison definitely but I'm actually going to back uh, Ryan Sessegnon on as a counter on this podcast I know we've been more pro he's going to be a defender but I think he's going to provide some good returns so I'm going Sessegnon you really are banging that Sessegnon drum aren't you I, I love I love I've, it I've, I've, I've tried to shut you down a few times and you've just been very stubborn I, I respect yeah. that I respect that well, it's going to be interesting. Um, interesting after the first few weeks, to you'll either be uh, 
rubbing it in my face or I'll, you'll be eating humble pie. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to the pie. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll probably leave it there because okay. uh, we have got a few more, but uh, we are going very long. So uh, thanks for all your questions, guys. We really appreciate them. Keep coming next week and we will try our best not to go too far over and answer them. Thank you, Doug. Well, um, the final thing, Iceman, is the uh, sexy thoughts. So, what is the sexy thought? Give me two seconds while I just get it. <laughs> it's on my phone. I have to click. <laughs> okay, sexy thoughts for this week from FPL Sexy. Uh, game week one. Okay, sexies, it's here. The time we all secretly live for. FPL is back. And the time next week we'll all be saying, damn, I had so-and-so in my first draft. I hope it all goes well, but if it doesn't, remember, it's only a game. A beautiful, sexy game. Lovely. And uh, over the course of the season, the Iceman will be working on his erotic voice (laughs) as he reads out these messages. (laughs) Yes, I will. Love it. Um, Chaps, that brings us to the end of the the 98th edition of the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast. Finally. What an emotional rollercoaster it's been and is going to be. I want to thank Thought. Thoughts? Wow. <laughs> wow. So many thoughts. So many thoughts. So many thoughts. Let's try this again. Hortz, thank you so much for joining us again. Any final words? Thank of- you, guys. It, well, it's been a privilege to be part of number 98. I very much look forward to the, to the 100th episode in, in a couple of weeks' time. But thanks for having me on board again. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. And I know I, I yabber on and make, make the podcast slightly longer than normal. So apologies for that. But, uh, yeah, you should be. <laughs> hopefully you'll have me back oh yeah you're always and, and, about, good stuff good stuff without doubt um Iceman, before i let you do your final words of wisdom uh, let me tell the listeners how they can get in contact and involved please help support the podcast patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery if you would like to back us and get involved with our slack groups an opportunity for winning prizes just to be clear that's not a group that's slack in nature it, it is a <laughs> slack channel not it's not crap um, it's good stuff. All sport, big and little, is greatly appreciated. Up the pod, uh, and you also join the mini league two two five dash three six nine, and follow us on our website fantasyfootballsurgery dot com. Iceman, final thoughts or pearls of wisdom leading into this season? There are never any pearls of wisdom from me. All, all I've got for you all is just to say, make sure you get your transfers done uh, before kick off on the Friday. Up the podcast. I've got to run genuinely um, but horse it's been a pleasure and speak soon and Iceman I'll talk to you tomorrow yeah you will indeed cheers mate speak to you soon cheers mate well can you